everybody, and welcome to another episode of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and I am back, if only briefly, because as I stated last time, I've got some other vacations coming up. But uh, there are a ton of comics that came out while I was gone, and I'm going to be diving right into it. This episode is actually going to be a combination of the Marvel Unlimited Monday episode, along with the new comics that I got that came out last week, and the uh, the Midtown Comics shipment that I received, all of which transpired in the one week that I was gone, of course. But the good news is uh, there are some spots here that this won't be too long, so we'll dive right into it. And first thing I'm going to do is uh, go over Marvel Unlimited. And what I meant by that just a little bit earlier was there are only three comics that I read on Marvel Unlimited this week, which is a shocker. I Or four, actually. There, there has not been a week where there have been, you know, you you know, you when you guys are listening, I'm typically reviewing like 10 to 15 comics. And this week, I think we're getting into that space where a lot of the ones coming to Marvel Unlimited, I bought live. So they're, you know, they're ones that I've either already reviewed or, uh, you know, one, again, ones that I've already read that I that aren't on Marvel Unlimited. So we'll dive right in and I'll let you know a little bit about the other ones that I didn't read too. So um, funny enough, Star Wars, the first one was Star Wars Age of the Rebellion, Boba Fett. Uh, I got this. This was actually a free, this was one of the Halloween Fest free comics. So if you were going to your local comic shop, I believe that was two weekends ago, they had free comics, uh, special comics. Obviously, they had printed on the comic like Halloween Fest, Halloween Comic Fest or something. So they're not like collector's items, though they're still pretty cool. And they were Star Wars Age of the Rebellion, Boba Fett. Uh, Tony Stark Iron Man issue number one and the Johnny Blaze one shot uh, during the Damnation series by Donny Cates. This wasn't by Donny Cates, but it was a, uh, a really cool one of how he becomes the king of hell. So kind of a Halloween theme there, I guess. But <clears throat> so that was funny because, you know, literally like a week and a half later, it comes to Marvel Unlimited. So I thought it was a good one, actually. I thought that was a really good one, especially with the Mandalorian coming out this week. Uh, the Boba Fett one I thought was really enjoyable. But again, like I said, I've already read it. Same with New Agents of Atlas, issue number one, A War of the Realms tie-in. Highly recommend this. I bought that when it came out. It was a great uh, great five-issue miniseries, as was Symbiote Spider-Man, which is uh, issue number two at this point. Again, that one didn't end well, but it was still enjoyable, and you got to go, go at least for the art because Greg Land is phenomenal. And then I read War of the Realms Journey into Mystery, issue number two, but probably three pages into it, I just started scanning it. Uh, it did not interest me at all, and so I, I, I don't know something about it. Just I think having already read War of the Realms, and this one doesn't really tie into the main series at all. Not like those other War of the Realms tie-ins. So I kind of just sped through it, and don't really have a lot to say on that one. Um, I wouldn't really recommend reading it, unless of course you like, uh, you know, you like some of the characters that are in there. Uh, Apocalypse, A in the Extracts, issue number three. This was an interesting read. Uh, one of the weaker issues, I know, like I had said, kind of in the midpoint of all of these series have been sort of weak. And at this point, 
uh, Apocalypse. By the end of this, Apocalypse, uh, he's he's like dressed like Captain America, which was kind of cool. But it was it was a little dive into the little mini Apocalypse and how he feels about his quote unquote father, because I think he's he's made up. I think Apocalypse created him out of nothing. And then they're fighting Omega Red, and yeah, at the very end of this, Omega Red is now having to fight an Apocalypse that looks like Captain America. That part was interesting, but again, you don't get to it till the very end. So um, I'm sure the next issue will be a little more interesting on that regard. Then Captain Marvel issue number five is out. That's the end of the uh, first series, I believe, unless that's issue number six. I think, no, no, I think it's a five issue, uh, first arc and that one ends really well. So I would, I would recommend that. And then the, one of the ones that I, I did read that I hadn't before was friendly neighborhood Spider-Man issue number six. This is a one-off. It's a, it's sort of a one shot. It says featuring spider bite. I am not going to spoil who spider bite is because the entire issue is, is a, not only adorable, but it's, it's sad and cute at the same time so i would really recommend it again juan cabal on art and tom taylor writing you can't go wrong with that um unstoppable wasp issue number seven came out that i thought was a phenomenal series so keeping in line with that that was a really good one it's in regards to uh, nadia's birthday and then captain america issue number 10 this one's by tanahisi coates and uh, adam kubert on art and he is just a legend and seeing Invisible Woman act the way that she does in this was awesome, as was kind of the the trajectory of this. It, it seems like this is kind of a lead-up issue, because by the end of this, things are starting to heat up. And so I'm re- I've just been really enjoying this Captain America run, and I hope Ta-Nehisi Coates stays on it for as long as possible. And that, were all, that was it. So like I said, I only read four, which were Journey into Mystery, Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, Apocalypse, and The Extracts, and Captain America. And also a shout-out, though, the free comic book day Spider-Man comic, the one that kind of is a prelude to Absolute Carnage. That came out on Marvel Unlimited today, so that's kind of cool. Uh, so now we're going to dive into the comics that I read from Midtown. And uh, it was a good, good haul this month. So we got King Thor, issue number two of four. This is by Jason Aaron and Esau Ribic. And this one is all about Gore the God Butcher. And boy, is it amazing. The, fu- the, it's all, the whole entire issue is almost a, a big, giant fight. And just like in the first issue, more planets are exploding. More people are dying. Gore gets the crap beaten out of him. Loki gets the crap beaten out of them. And by the end of this issue, it just fades to black, which is insane. I don't know where the story is going, but I am so happy that I'm along for the ride. It's just been a treat seeing Jason Aaron finish out his his story uh, the way that he has. And, and Isad is, is just firing on all cylinders. Uh, the next one was the final issue of Fearless, issue 404, which had three stories in it. Uh, the final portion of the Campfire Song by Sean and McGuire and Claire Rowe. Uh, Atmosphere by Teeny Howard and Rosie Camp and uh, Golden Girls and Two Gals Eating Ice Cream by Trina Robbins and Marguerite Savage. So as expected, the uh, the ending of this uh, is was it wasn't what you expected. Miss Marvel tries to blame the people, saying that they're bad guys, but in reality, they're not. And uh, by the end of this, it just ends up being all of the women hanging out by the campfire, which was nice. It was a nice wrap-up. The Nomura one with T- by Teeny Howard was good. wasn't great. And the final one was pr- and also kind of my least favorite as well. And it was just, I think it's a bunch of older uh, 
comic women creators like uh, looks like uh, Paul, Fran Hopper, Ruth Atkinson, Pauline Haas. It's like a live whatever. Like they're they're their own characters and they're kind of just doing an interview for a couple of pages. And then there's a one page that is of Marie Severin and Florence Steinberg. I'm not too familiar with them, but I know they were around, and they've got it in here too. They were around during the Stan Lee, Jack Kirby sort of thing. I think Marie Severin sounds so familiar. I think she she maybe had something to do with Captain America, if I'm remembering this right. But it was literally just them, and it's actually kind of sweet. It's them in heaven talking about... Uh, you know, they're basically them hanging out and enjoying some milkshakes. So that was that was sweet in that regard. So overall, like I said, that Fearless series was cool. You could probably be okay checking that out on Marvel Unlimited now that I've read all of them. And I, like I said, I was only getting them because there was a Jenny Friesen uh, connecting variant cover set on all four. So I got that. And guys, it looks gorgeous. Uh, next up is Arrow, issue number four. Uh, by Zhao Lifen and art by King, and then the uh, part four of Arrow and Wave by Greg Pak and Alyssa Wong, with art by Pop Mon. Uh, still cool. She's you know wrecking shop, and in this issue, you know we kind of get a little more into her relationship with her boyfriend, who she's still abandoned. And he's like, where is she? She's been gone for 30 minutes. It's like, oh my God, how how dumb are you that you don't know where she is? And he's literally looking out the window watching Arrow fight this giant monster. And he's like, oh, where, you know, where is she? And it's like, uh, dude, she's outside fighting the monster. Like, if you don't know that, you're crazy. And then the part, the part four as well was sort of interesting. It's picking up, I can tell it's picking up steam and it, but these these stories are just a little too short to have any any real meaning in them and that's been kind of a bummer i'm sure they'll be better read as a whole instead of in part and piecemeal but that's just kind of how you know what we're at today along with uh, agents of atlas issue three by greg pock and nico leone and this one gets more into the uh kind of the, the status of what's going on right now and pan, the pan system of them being able to transport anywhere. This guy, this Nguyen guy, he is really uh, marketing the heck out of the romance between um, between Braun and Luna Snow. And I, I liked that. I thought it was interesting. And, you know, they're still fighting people. But I can't decide whether this, this Nguyen guy is a good guy or a bad guy because... Uh, it seems like he's doing it all just because he wants money and wants to make a ton of money. So, okay, if you want to say being a capitalist is being a bad guy, fine. You know, that's that's fine if that's the case. But that to me, I would want that to be the case. I don't want him to be a tried and true evil person. I just want him to be kind of the guy that's wanting a ton of money because that makes him an interesting character that he'll do whatever it takes to make a buck, but he's not actually trying to hurt people. He's just sort of manipulating the agents of atlas into uh kind of being free marketing for them which was uh it was interesting and then i got uh avengers issue number 25 this is the finale of the challenge of the ghost riders and i'm glad that it is and i'm i am done with avengers after issue 25 i'm waiting for that to come to marvel unlimited and this issue did nothing to change that so this is by jason aaron and stefano caselli they uh robbie reyes wins the race and says something like i don't want to really be the king of hell you know you can do that telling johnny blaze that and uh by the end of it they you know they kind of make up he apparently defeats the demon of his uncle that was powering his car 
Uh, so there should be no more car possession for him in a bad way. And and then that's it. And then, like I, I, I told you guys this way back when, it was like issue 22. They have one page at the very end of this, with oh, actually two pages, with Iron Man, uh, when he found that ancient Iron Man suit. And we kind of figure out what's going on in here. And I'm not going to spoil it in case you guys are reading. Yeah, actually, I'll spoil it. If, if you uh, don't want to hear the spoilers, skip ahead a minute because it's not going to take long. But he, um, he pre- he's holding this helmet and it says Rage Mephisto. So obviously Mephisto's involved. Great. But it transports Tony Stark back to 1 million B.C., which is interesting. And that part is interesting, yet it's only two pages of this entire 23-page book. So that bummed me out. Like That story interested me so much more than the Cosmic Ghost Rider story. And based on the solicitations of these next comics, we're either going to be getting this in piecemeal with two pages a uh, an issue, or we're not going to be dealing with this sort of thing for at least the next six issues. So like I said, I'm fine waiting for Marvel Unlimited on that one. Uh, no sweat off my back. And then uh, the history of the Marvel Universe, issue number four. Uh, phenomenal, as always. This is by Mark Wade and Javier Rodriguez. This one uh, goes from the creation of the Phoenix and Dark Phoenix. And I'm not I'm not going to go into detail on these anymore because I think I'm going to end up just doing a... I'm going to do... It's issue four, so there's still two more issues on these next ones. And I was going to let you guys know that's why I'm kind of buzzing through these. But I am going to wait to do the reviews until I finish the sets. And then I'll just do a specific episode in regards to the history of the Marvel Universe. And a specific episode in regards to King Thor. Those ones that are mini-series. That way um, I can kind of give a more comprehensive look at how whether it's good or bad. Because issue by issue, some of them are good, some of them are bad. But overall it could be a great story. And I know history of the Marvel Universe is going to be. So all I'm going to tell you is that it ends with uh the final page is what is this the oh onslaught no franklin richards the birth of franklin richards and him helping defeat the uh, onslaught so this one was cool we are now in the mid to late 90s in the marvel universe so i'm super excited in our time which means the next two issues are going to deal with things i'm a little more familiar with which is uh Basically, from from New Avengers Civil War on to current day, uh, for some reason, I just I never really got into the '90s comics. I I am I, I would say I'm a, I'm pretty good with comics from like the year 2000, maybe a little later, maybe like 2003 to current, and then from like 19 the early stuff. Like I, I know all the early Spider-Man and X-Men stuff, but then that whole time period of like probably like the 80s and 90s, I, I've, I've never really read those. And I should, now that I have Marvel Unlimited, I should really dive into that stuff. And I will, I will, because I've, I've got it all saved in my library. But, you know, you just got to find the time for it. And there's just so much content. But hey, that's why we're here, to consume it all. So those are all the ones. I did get two of the uh, White Fox and Luna Snow Marvel Future Avengers uh, comics, which are one-shots. There's one more for Crescent and Io that comes out. Uh, this it came out the beginning of this month, so I won't get it till the end of the month. And again, I will do a review of all three of those at once at that point. Two though that I am very and the, I, this is so funny because you know at some point I wonder if these are actually going to be you know better than than Marvel's stuff and some of it is. But the two DC ones that I got, oh boy, guys, deceased issue six of six. So this is the end of the deceased story. 
and Tom Taylor kills it with art by Trevor Hairseen and with help by Neil Edwards. Uh, the beginning, of, and I'm going to go into spoilers for this because, the, again, this one finished, so I'm going to do a brief discussion on this one. So Superman is literally destroying the planet because, as you remember, he turned in the last issue, and now they're trying to make a plan of how to stop Superman, and uh, so some people sacrifice themselves. There's a giant, oh, and then Atlantis attacks the human, the, the world, because Aquaman is turned as well, so he's got the, there's just... If you guys aren't reading this, that's fine. Again, you know, I'm I'm a Marvel guy. I don't expect you guys to read DC stuff, though. Come on, you know, not come on. I'm not going to force you to read it, but, you know, if you want some diversity in your life, check out some DC comics. But uh, for this one, I would highly just recommend buying the hardcover because every single issue was phenomenal. This entire series was amazing for being a standalone, for being a... Uh, oh, yeah, I got to talk about this one. So... He, they basically are using Batman, like Batman, uh, his son is Batman now. And they're like, how are we going <clears> to <throat> take down Superman? He's like, with this. And he's got like a little memory stick. He's like, Batman left a takedown plan for every major hero, as we all know, right? And, uh, and then they said, oh yeah, uh, green, so Green Arrow, Oliver Queen. He's like, of course he did. Bruce doesn't even have to be alive to scheme against us all. And he says, actually, he uh, didn't leave one for you. And he says, Bruce didn't think I could be dangerous. And uh, Green Lantern, who is the Black Canary, well, Black Canary was Black Canary. Now she's the Green Lantern. He says, you're hurt. Batman didn't have a post-mortem Machiavellian plan to end you. And he's like, well, yeah, I could be a planetary threat if I wanted to. And she says, of course you could, dear. And then, um, <clears throat> so there's literally Aquaman, zombie Aquaman on top of it's the crack they say it's the kraken but it looks identical to that thing from the aquaman movie it's just it's massive it's the size of a, a city and he's on top of it and boom literally the next panel arrow goes right through his eye and he dies and uh mira looks up and she's like oh what and he says and batman didn't think i could be dangerous just fired an arrow a mile and a half or I just fired an arrow half a mile through raging winds into the brain of the undead king of the sea while he was controlling the damn kraken. Screw you, Batman. Uh, but it, it's, it, you know, you can call it whatever you want. It just says it's the explicative you, Black Batman. I just thought that was awesome. Like I said, Tom Taylor really knows how to write these characters. But so everyone's fighting and battling and things are getting dire, and so they basically crafted the kryptonite that was there into, along with a sword of Athena's from Wonder Woman. She says that it's like basically a bit of magic, which he's also sort of semi-allergic to sort of thing, and Superman just punches right through her and kills her. And so at that point you know they don't know what to do and they're, they're saying oh well the only person who can stop him at this point is superman's son and so superman's son and superman are up in space they fly at each other and just knocks him dead and at that point the entire green lantern corps shows up it says the calvary arrived and uh they're just like oh what are we going to do like how are we going to stop him and so I think what what is it that they do they um they like throw him into the sun or something yeah, they throw him, no, oh, Superman absorbs the sun, and at that point, uh, he, the Green Lantern Corps essentially just says, we need to go, They're, and at this point, they, they took all of the humans that are left, and put them into these arcs, and they're out in space now, so they are literally, the end of this book is them abandoning planet Earth, 
which is crazy. So they're, they're gone. They've abandoned Earth. All that's left on Earth right now, it looks like Wonder Woman, who's a zombie, and Cyborg is there. And he's got the lasso of truth around Wonder Woman. And he says, the lasso of truth compels you. Can you speak? And she says, we have a voice. He says, is there a way to stop you? And this this was also great. I mean, it kind of freaked me out, as you guys know. You know, I'm not a huge fan of death. And so, um, you know, when it gets boiled down to the way it is boiled down in my head, I'm never a fan of reading it. But because of that, it makes for really great writing. Uh, is there a way to stop you? We are death. Nothing can stop death. You are a virus. Is there a cure? Yes. What is it? Where is it? Where is it? The cure is in you. And Cyborg said, or she says, you are a man and machine. You are binary, off and on, patient zero and the one, the alpha, the omega. He says, but that, that means everyone we fought, everyone we ended, they didn't have to die. She says, everything dies. He says, the arcs, I have to reach the arcs. And she snaps his neck and she says, life is fleeting. That is the only truth. Death is forever. And that's it. And then they're they're all flying away, escaping. And it's the the final final page in here. It says, as we looked to on our new world for the first time, our new start, our Earth two. I knew the monsters were behind us now. And I don't know if that I don't know what Earth two means. Uh, I'm sure some of you DC fans maybe do. I thought is that like. Uh, <clears throat> Is that the injustice gods among us? That can't be. That's It's something, though. So I don't know if that's a hint at something. I don't know, but this was amazing. This issue was amazing. This series was amazing. I'm so happy that I read it. And uh, the other one I wanted to talk about briefly was Harleen, issue number two of three. And this one is uh, just the... Oh, it's by Stepien Sedgik, and uh, the art is just top-notch. The writing was top-notch. A real good look into the mind of Harley as she slowly goes insane trying to figure out Joker. And in the, in the midst of this, she we also get to see the birth of um, uh, Two-Face, a couple of other villains as well, and we get to see Harley get to... She gets to talk to Batman about uh, villains, so that was really cool. I'm really excited for the final third issue on that one. Uh, but yeah, so those were those comics that I read, and we'll now get into the main event, which are the three comics that came out this week, Guardians of the Galaxy, issue number 11 of 12. Uh, and then Donny Cates is off this run, and so am I. So we've got one more left after this. It's Donny Cates, pencils by Corey Smith, and at this point, this issue is just a giant battle between Rocket and the Guardians and all of those Drax. And by the end of it, we're still nowhere near figuring out what is supposed to be happening in this last issue. So the Magus is supposedly about to stop uh, Jason. And all of a sudden, we see every single Guardian who ever was all already turned by the Universal Church of Truth. And so that was interesting to say the, say the least. And now they're barreling towards Earth. And so at this point, Rocket no longer has his suit. So he's basically about to die. You keep We keep getting uh, little notices, warning catastrophic life support failure imminent. And he says, well then, uh, guess we better hurry. And that's the end of this. So the last issue to be concluded. And again, it says it here. Thanos wins. Cosmic Ghost Rider. The Death of the Inhumans. Silver Surfer Black. Guardians of the Galaxy. It's all been leading to this. I... I really hope so. I really hope so because uh, from the looks of it, I, you could have could have fooled me because 
I have not heard hide nor hair about any of those stories in this arc. So if he's going to be wrapping up all of this stuff in in a neat little bow in one $4.99 issue, hey, I'll believe it when I see it. But at this point, like I said, I've been getting less impressed with this series. And it's not, I mean, at this point, I'm say, that'd be me saying I'm giving it a 7 out of 10. So it's not, not bad by any means, but it's just... I don't. He's telling a story that's taking six issues that could have ta- probably been done in three, and uh, that's kind. Of, that's just where I'll leave it at that point. Because we're gonna get to the main event, which is the new Dawn of X issues. Uh, the first one is Fallen Angels, issue number one. This is the final uh, Dawn of X series in this first wave of new uh, issues. It's by Brian Hill and Simon Kudransky, and it follows. Um, it follows Quanin, or as she's now wanting to go by, just Psylocke. And it, th- oh, this is a good issue. There's this uh, god or something or other called Apoth that someone comes to her in like telepathically and says, hey, you need to fight Apoth, like you need to stop this. It turns out it's an, it has a connection to a daughter that she had that I don't think any of us really knew that she had. And she has to go fight Apoth. And so she's trying to ask magneto she's like hey like i need to leave i need to get out like telling him and he's like i can't allow that like and again spoilers for x-force but he's like you know professor xavier is dead like we're on lockdown right now i can't tell you to do so but he says you could go to sinister and he may be able to but you haven't heard that from me and i'm like okay i can kind of see where this issue where this series is going and i am on board this is a very dark a very gritty and a very, very well-written series. Brian Hill is such a good writer, and the art complements his story so well. It was great to see Mr. Sinister again. Not as sassy as I wanted him to be, but he still is just so happy to see him, and she gathers a team of Cable and X-23, which makes sense, especially X-23, because obviously she's not having fun on Krakoa because she lives a life of violence and Everything is peaceful on Krakoa. So we'll see kind of where things lead by the end of this. But there's this thing, there's this uh, drug called Overclock that isn't even really a drug. It's like a, it's like a techno drug. So you, and it's like almost like you put on some sunglasses or something and it goes into your cerebral system. So you're not like shooting up anything. There's no needles or anything, but it, it, it basically gives you the craziest high you've ever had. And it, there's a two-page infographic on it. It's really cool. And so that's kind of where the story is headed. It seems like she's going to be trying to stop this drug. And uh, I'm, I'm here for this ride, guys. Uh, and that brings me to a quick point, which is congratulations to Marvel. Congratulations to Jonathan Hickman. I have thoroughly enjoyed every single Dawn of X series. I don't know the last time that I've said something like that, especially when it comes to the X-Men. I mean, the last time, uh, maybe, maybe was when, uh, when Ed Brubaker and I think it was Mike Carey were doing Uncanny X-Men and X-Men at the same time, or actually, no, it would have been when the Manifest Destiny, right after Manifest Destiny, where it was Uncanny X-Men and New X-Men x-men and x-force those all were really good there was a there was a great uh series and i thought it was called manifest destiny but it was the one where hope was born hope summers the first mutant born in a really long time 
those all kind of were firing on great cylinders at that time. And, but that was only four series. We have six series, and all of them are better than those series. So just a just a huge hats off, a, a huge congratulations to Marvel for doing such a great job on all of these. I am an, a diehard X-Men fan now, and I'm going to be buying all of these when they come out uh, physically just because I, I love them so much, which leads into the next one, which was X-Men issue number two. So yes, I love all these Dawn of X series, but can they maintain the success of the first issue? The answer is yes, if, if this is to be any indication. X-Men issue number two by Jonathan Hickman and Leniel Francis Yu follows Scott Summers and his children Rachel and Cable, and they are on the hunt for an, uh, just perfectly Hickman story of another island that is shown up by right nearby Krakoa and Krakoa is moving towards this island. And so they're going there investigating as to why. And so we get the explanation of the summoners who remind me a lot of the characters that Hickman created in the Avengers series, the builders. But they even that, like the way that he writes these is so great. Um, Summers, they're, they're fighting the summoner due to a misunderstanding, a language barrier. But then they get their differences sorted out, which is fantastic. But by the end of this issue, it's explained that Krakoa wanted to be with this other planet, like they're in love sort of thing, which is interesting. And obviously, the very end of this apocalypse shows up, and it's just, guys, the plot is thickening, and it is thickening quick. And uh, not only that, but Hickman is get, is having the ability to have literally pages and pages of beautiful, quiet moments between Scott Summers and his kids and that's something I don't think I've seen in a long, long time, especially with these two kids, um, because young Cable has only been around for a little bit, and I haven't seen much nor hide nor hair of uh, Rachel Gray, or I think it's Rachel Summers. It's one or the other. It doesn't doesn't really matter. But um, so phenomenal issue, phenomenal. Just if you're a fan of Hickman's work, he is uh, all hands on deck for this X Men series, and it's it is the it's par for the course, if not better, because. Uh, it's that same Hickman feel, but it's with the X-Men and he, it's a little bit different than his house and powers of X, but it's still just, I just, I can't get enough. I I'm, I'm looking forward to it every single week. And now we're really piling into it because we've got six issues over the span of four weeks, typically in a month. And some of these weeks or months, double issues are coming out. So like, for example, next week, just so you guys all are aware as well, Next week is, uh, is this 11-20? Yes. Next week is going to be Excalibur and Marauders. And then the following week is Fallen Angels, New Mutants, and X-Force. So there's a bunch coming out in one week as opposed to one each week, which is awesome. I love that. And I like I said, I can't get enough. Also, next week is the end to the Absolute Carnage storyline. So I'll be looking forward to talking about that as well. And I hope you guys enjoyed these, uh, these little talks about these comics. And uh, I hope you can check some of them out. Let me know what you think on them, and we will be back uh, next week for, in a couple days actually, for the Marvel Unlimited Monday. Hopefully there's more comics to talk about next time, but uh, I thought it was really nice that there were only a few on Marvel Unlimited the week that I was out. It made made my job a little easier. It's like uh, it's like Marvel knows my schedule, which is great. I appreciate that. So on that note, I will wrap this up for Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein. Thanks so much for listening, and enjoy reading these comics.